Welcome to the uh, Street Session, the new business podcast brought for you from Streets Chartered Accountants. Delighted to welcome our guest today, Russell Copley, who's MD of Greenberg, a project management and business growth consultancy. Welcome, Russell. Um, today, we're going to explore ideas around business planning, pitching, and what makes a good tech startup. So perhaps we should really start with um, perhaps you know, looking at the, the tips for an effective business plan. Uh, what tips and advice can you give? Okay, um, we, we see a lot of business plans, as you might imagine, across the various aspects of our business. And I think that there are, there are a number of things that I'd like to see in, in a really effective business plan. The first of which is a level of personality and authenticity. Too many business plans are, are, are dropped into a template uh, provided by one of the banks, and, and they're really, really awful. They're really difficult to read. You can't get a flavor of the personality of the business or the business founders or the business owners. So, so I guess my first tip is, is make it real, make it you, make it authentic. The second is around credibility. Make sure you've done your research, make sure you understand your market, make sure you understand your position in the market, make sure you understand your price points. Do your research, but evidence the fact that you've done your research. Uh, I guess the next one is, is around believability. It's a kind of flip side of credibility. Um, credibility is about the person and the plan. Believability is about the numbers. If I had a pound for every business that was going to make a million pounds in the first year, I'd have a million pounds. Most businesses, in my experience, lose money in their first year, probably lose a bit in their second year and break even in year three. So if you want to be credible with a, with a business plan, whether you're pitching for investment or going to the bank, at least be realistic about some of the numbers. You know, starting up a business, particularly a digital tech business, is expensive. It's a big cash outlay to start with. Uh, and I guess then that brings me to the, to the fourth point, which is all too often business plans are predicated on forecasts and not cash flow. Um, it's a lesson I learned probably 15 years ago when I made my first investment in someone else's business is cash is more important than profit. Profit is a lovely paper exercise. Cash is what keeps a business alive. Uh, and I invested in a, in a tech business, yeah, as I say, 15 years ago um, on the basis that I was going to turn my modest investment into a very large profit. Guess what? Six months down the line, the business ran out of cash and I lost all of my investment. So make sure that your cash flow forecasts are within your plan and make sure that they're accurate. You know, most businesses will sell something today but won't get the cash for 30, 60 or 90 days. So, so I guess those are the kind of, the kind of flavours of the things that I'd like to see in, in more business plans. I mean, a lot of talk about, you say, template business plans and lengthy documents and uh, people producing a plan for a specific purpose. You know, in, in terms of format, are there any sort of guidance on, you know, should there be long documents, short documents, obviously effective documents, have you, you know? Yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess the, the phrase is, is fit for purpose. You know, hands up, uh, my business plan for the business that I've been running now for 17 years is uh, four flip charts. Well, they were flip charts, they're now whiteboards, and probably next year there'll be an interactive whiteboard. But, but it gives us what we need. It gives us a route map of where we are now, where we're gonna go and how we're gonna get there. Uh, I've worked with some very creative businesses whose business plans tend to be pictograms. They tend to be visual representations of where they want to be. Um, I, I guess the, the important thing is who's the audience? What's the business plan for? If it's for you, it's for, if it's for your business, then put it in a format that you understand use language that you understand, use metrics that you understand. If it's a business plan for a bank manager sat there in a suit and tie, or more likely a computer with a bank manager sat behind it, then, then you need to put yourself in their shoes and say, what, what questions do they want answering about risk, 
about investment, about ability to repay. If, if, you, read the, if you read the perceived wisdom, you create a business plan, which is a, a reasonably large document. Then you extract it into an executive summary, and then you extract that into a one-page pitch deck or yeah. in, infographic. My experience of the real world is what most businesses do is they'll start with a one-pager, which summarizes where they are and where they want to be. Uh, if they're looking for investment, if they're looking for grants, if they're looking for debt, what they then do is, is expand that into an executive summary. And if they get somebody really interested who wants to see the full detail, then they expand that further into a full plan. But a business plan, in my view, doesn't need to be 64 pages long. It doesn't need to have lots of appendices. It needs to capture the reader's interest and it needs to express what you want it to express and what you need it to express. I think it neatly runs on to um, a lot of people produce a plan for, for pitching for funding, yep. often um, Dragon's Den style funding. What makes a successful uh, pitch when, in terms of it, when people are looking for funding like that? Perversely, it's not the plan. It's the person. There's a kind of truism that people buy from people, despite what Amazon will tell you. Um, but if that's true, it's even more true that people invest in people. And the kind of watchwords that we use are personality, credibility, dynamism, commitment. And if you can get that across in the essence of your pitch, and that's, that's a very personal thing, then you've got a much, much better chance. You can have a really mediocre business plan pitched by a really passionate, committed presenter that will be far more successful than a top, top-notch business plan pitched by somebody who doesn't have that credibility, doesn't, doesn't exude that confidence, that personality, that positivity. At the end of the day, if you can't be positive about your plan, then why should someone else be? What sort of typical levels of funding do people get that style of lending uh, or, or f funding into a business? I mean, the, we watch things like the programme on television and they you know, talk 70, 100,000, but you know, typical values that people get? Uh, I, I guess the, the kind of uh, average that we see is around about 150,000, um, but that ranges from 25,000. And anything below 25,000, you're really looking at the friends and family round. You're looking at the bank of mum and dad. You're looking at going to the pub and asking your mates to pitch up some money. Below 25,000, no credible investor's really going to look at it because the, the due diligence that they'll have to undertake, whether that's a cost due diligence or a time due diligence, kind of it, it, it's it's um, disproportionate to the level of investment. Much beyond 150, 200,000 pounds, you're looking at syndicated investments if you're looking at private investors. Uh, and that takes a lot of time because you need to get a lot of trust amongst investors who are prepared to co-invest at the same time. There aren't many people who've got more than 150,000 pounds that they're willing to invest in one business at one time. Working with you, we've seen a lot of growth in the sort of digital technology sector over the last five, ten years plus, you know, it's, um, and the spread outside of the, the, the main tech conurbations, whether it's London, Cambridge, Oxford. Um, what, you know, sort of, uh, we're seeing quite a lot of people come out of university and start digital and technology-based businesses, quite small businesses, but yep. with growth potential. What, what do you see as the keys for a successful tech startup or digital startup? I, I guess it's being fleet of foot. The technology sector is changing so fast. I mean, so, so fast. Young, very early stage businesses need to be dynamic. They need to be fleet of foot. They, they need to get their minimum viable product out to market as quickly as possible. Back even when I set my business up, which was only 17 years ago, you, you spent a lot of time developing a product or developing a service and making sure it was perfect before you take anything to market, before you share it with the public. I think today you've got to go with an MVP, a minimum viable product that is fit for purpose. And I guess, in a Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule applies. If it's 80% good enough, it's good enough. Um, because if you spend too much time polishing, too much time refining, someone else will come in underneath right. you and, and, and steal a march. 
So it's it's about it's about time to market, it's about time to develop, and and unfortunately that means generally speaking cost. You know, it's 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 quite expensive to start a digital or tech business. It's getting cheaper because you don't need to be in a shiny office. You don't need to have a team that's all in one place at one time. You can have outsourced teams. You can go for the lean startup model, um, but it still takes quite a lot of quite a lot of cash. I suppose, like any business model, it's it's about knowing your competition, particularly with technology. You, you think you've, or somebody thinks they've come up with something new and revolutionary, but I suppose with the advent of the, the internet, it's a lot easier to identify with the, what competition is out there. You know, they sit in isolation and don't always realise what the state of the competition is. A- absolutely, yeah. So we, we get quite a lot of businesses who come to us pitching for investment who say, I have no competition, or my only competition is Google, um, which is utter rubbish. What it does evidence is that people haven't done the research. And if we go back to what I was saying, earlier about a business plan a good business plan is built on solid foundations of understanding your market understanding your competitors and I suppose with any startup or growing business is the need to draw on advice that you can't develop a business without advisors you know and people like yourself and other organizations to help you go on that journey yeah ab- absolutely particularly for the younger generation um, who understand the technology better than we do, understand the market probably better than we do, but don't necessarily understand the, the dynamics of growing a business. Setting up a business is one thing, growing it is another. Securing it, maintaining it, and then exiting it are, are, are other steps still further. And, and for that, you need a bit of, um, dare I say, grey hair involved. Uh, just a word of caution, though, there are a lot of people out there who are advisors, um, who are really just consultants yeah. trying to flog you a, a bit of their time. So, so uh, yeah, choose choose your advisor carefully, and probably don't just type something into Google for uh, the answer. <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, you mentioned youth there. Now, looking, uh, we're of a similar age. You know how the work environment has changed over the years, and you know yeah, we uh, behaviour at work has changed. You know, amusingly, what what do you feel you can say in a modern work environment, and you know, in terms of interaction with people, how well, has it changed for you? Uh, if you believe the chief exec of the Chartered Management Institute, absolutely nothing. You know, you walk into an office and you shut up because you don't say anything for fear of offending somebody. Um, I, it's a bit of a hobby horse of mine, but I think political correctness has gone a little bit mad when we're not allowed to come into an office on a Monday morning and talk about football results for fear of offending those that don't like football. Um, you come into my office on a Monday morning and uh, I have to suffer listening to what's gone on on Love Island, um, which equally I don't understand. Um, I, you know, I, yes, we have to be sensitive to the, to the needs uh, and interests of others, but actually I'll engage in a conversation about Love Island even when I've never watched a programme just as well as other people who engage in conversations about football when they don't follow Nottingham Forest. Thank you for taking part with today's session. Hopefully we'll be able to invite you back for some more wisdom and advice, uh, not necessarily about Love Island or football, uh, but <laughs> just things well. to do with technology and, and high-tech and growth businesses. Thank you very much.